Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Today I'm talking to Wilson Wong. And we're going to be talking about um, programming cells as if they were circuits. So, Wilson, how are you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Sure. Can you give folks just a you know a little sketch of your background and and the project you're working on right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most certainly. So we are working on. Uh, well, I'm a chemical engineer by training, and uh, I've been you know in this field called synthetic biology since uh, uh, when I was in graduate school, so 2001. So the idea is to be able to use genetic engineering to uh, change, you know, uh, cells' behavior, and preferably in a way that uh, you want the cells to behave. And um, so this is the, 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 the concept, and I'm specifically interested in kind of two types of of uh, synthetic biology, one is this concept of uh, genetic circuit design. What that means is that you, um, yeah, you 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 use uh, genetics to create sort of like a little device, all with DNA that can perform basic computations. What so? What's an example of uh, you know like a real basic thing you can program uh, cells to do? Oh, the the most basic one is like these logic. Uh, we call them logic gates. So basically, um, is that if the cells can t- send, you have like a cell that sends like two two signals. For example, one is oxygen level, and the other one is like pH level. And then when they both are, you know, you either have low oxygen and and uh, low pH, then the cells will do something. So this is a actually this is something that cells do. Normally, and this you can you can kind of abstract it, conceptualize it as a logic, right? Logic computation. Oh. So, um, and to a certain extent, it's not so you know because the cell uh, a cell does that all the time. So you know it's not that crazy that you can actually kind of program the cell to do something like that as well. So in, you know for for like a synthetic biologist, we can say you know you can tell them to sense different things, maybe. A molecule that normally the cells won't send, for example, let's say right. antibiotics, for example, and uh, so that you can ask the cell to only respond to at this time when you add the drug. Now, so this is one one example, and there are you know many many different kinds of logic that you can imagine that you might be you want the cells to to perform. Um, you know, it can have sense like A, B, but not C, then it will perform. A function, and that function could be many things. It could be okay, run away, tell the cells to run away. It could tell the cells to to kill the cancer cells, for example. It can kill something. Uh, it can tell the cells to make you a drug, for example. So there are many, many things you can ask the cells to do as well. Um, so so that actually leads to my another area that I'm working on. It's called uh, cell-based immunotherapy. Basically, what we do here is we, tr- we try to t- take patients' own immune cells out of the, pa- you know, take them out of the patients, p- 
purify them, and then actually install yeah. these genetic programs that we we created into these patients' T cell in in a tissue flask, in a tissue culture flask outside of the patient. After we finish engineering the immune cells, we actually can put them back into the patient. For example, one thing that we 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 got really excited about is to uh, introduce these things called chimeric antigen receptors into patients' T cells. Uh, so that it will so they're help. called chimeric antigen receptors. Yes, we call them CAR. Okay. <laughs> CAR T cells. So it's been uh, it's actually quite uh, one of the harder things in in the uh, in the biotech uh, pharmaceutical world these days because it's pretty promising for 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 attacking cancers. Okay. Uh, so, so what happens with the what do the CAR T cells do? What's an example of what they can do? They can. Uh, they have a very high uh, response rate against uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia in in patients uh, in clinical trials. And uh, not my work, but this is the the work in the field. Uh, people are seeing up to ninety percent complete remissions for wow. leukemia. For leukemia, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and those those leukemia patients tend to have uh, because it's such a new therapy. The patient that went through these trials, uh, they usually fail other forms of therapies. Like they fail bone marrow okay. transplant, they fail chemotherapy. Um, so they are pretty desperate. Uh, then they try hmm. these uh, therapy, and then they, many of them, 90% of them have complete remissions, and the durable uh, remission can be like 50%. So uh, wow. up to after six months. I mean, still, you know, you get like 50% relapse. Uh, but but still, this is pretty promising. I would say for for patients who who already relapsed or or, or not responsive to other forms of therapy. Hmm. Very interesting. So, what what do you think is the mechanism by which this works? How does it how does it help put someone in remission when other therapies can't? What's happening? I think it has to do with the T cell being very powerful. Um, you can imagine. So, what these chimeric antigen receptor? What it does is that it it's it has a, a antibody uh, on it, and then and then it it, it kind of gets onto the uh, kind of got stuck on the surface of of the T cell. So you can imagine normally when you give these patients a therapy, you give them an antibody therapy, and what what it does is that it it, it relies on recruiting the endogenous immune system to attack the cancer cells once the antibody bound to the cancer. And what I what I think why why it works so well is that you, you basically are dragging the killer directly with the with the antibody to the cancer cell. And once the antibody binds, once the this receptor, the chimeric antigen receptor binds to the cancer cell, it activates the T cell, the T cell directly kill the cancer cell. So it, it's kind of like having a homing device that that's also dragged along with the bomb. So to speak, that directly go go attack the cancer, rather than waiting for 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 the rest of the immune system to come in uh, and finish the job. So that's one reason I think why it kind of uh, why why it works well. But okay. to be honest with you, I don't know if we really know why it works so well. <laughs> it just works. Okay. Um, but the fact that it works people, is amazing, and the Mechanism may take longer to understand, but it's amazing that it does work. You know, are there um, yeah. are there yeah, other kinds of cancer like, that you want to uh, use this on? 
is there what, other cancers? So yeah, I mean that's that's the thing you know everybody trying to work on. So it seems to uh, works really well uh, for blood-based tumor, uh, leukemia, lymphoma, and, and things like that. Um, even multiple myeloma, it works. We don't have any like you know very significant success. I would say in the field for solid tumor, and that is something that the whole field is trying to work on. It's to right. how do we improve the, the efficacy against, you know, solid tumor. Um, yeah, there's a num- there are a number of reasons why it doesn't work. Uh, wh- you know, safety is an issue. Uh, finding the right target for solid tumor turns out to be pretty challenging. So one, one thing is, you know, how, how do we, you know, there's a, a large effort, people trying to, to figure out what the target is. And then, so that actually goes into thinking what about what logic. The, what the target is for solid tumors? What, what's so hard about knowing the? Uh, it, is it because there's many different kinds of cells in a solid tumor that could be responsible for for destroying it? You don't know which one to target. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, nothing very specific. So there's no one target that's that's very specific for tumor and not not healthy tissues, and that's always the problem. We, we we can't find many of it. We can't find them very well. And that that's actually a general problem for the cancer field. It's just finding that okay. right target. And interesting. Um so what other um what other types of cells have you programmed to do certain things and what mechanisms do you use to program them? What are some other examples? Um well there there are two things. So T cells, human T cells I work with a lot. And then in the in the Blade paper, we were using T cells and these uh so-called human embryonic kidney cells. Those are those are basically a, it's a, just a mammalian cell lines. Um, I don't know if there's anything special about that uh, that kidney cell line, but um, so those are the two cell types that we work with a lot: either human T cells or this heck a human embryonic uh, kidney cell. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, so what, all right, so, those so, are the two cells. What what are the other Ways that you've made a cell um, do your bidding, and you know, that you've controlled it. What are some other examples? Um, well, the things that we we do a lot, you know, we, uh, we you know, with the with the paper that that we just published is we we ask the cells, okay, what what kind of logic that they can actually accomplish, right? That's the thing that you know, we, it it gets a little bit more fundamental and and asking, you know, we know that cells can do. Kind of, you know, sim- we we've seen cells do simple logic, like these end logic, where you have, to, you know, where you need two input, and then then you do something that happens all the time. But then we we got really interested. So, well, what else can cells do, right? Can we can we actually program them to do very complicated logic, right? So some of these logic, let's say like full adder logic, can is it even possible to do? To have like three input and have two output and have these very interesting uh, logic behavior that resemble like a little calculator uh, that we've seen. Is it possible with cells to do these things? And then we even build mm-hmm. something called a Boolean logic lookup table, which is which is a fundamental circuit unit that you found in in, in a CPU uh, electronics. Is that even possible? How would you accomplish that? Um, so we found a way. We definitely found a way to do that. Uh, we, we, and we, we showed that in our, our recent paper uh, using this magical enzyme called, called DNA recombinase uh, that allows us to, to, to perform these types of calculations. So this is 
something that we we're pretty excited about because it it, it for, for the first time it, it shows us that we we can even do things that the the type of calculation that we we never seen cells been able to do before. Hmm. Interesting. So what are some of the um the stumbling blocks right now um for your group and what do you what do you see as the the road ahead for the next um you know year or so? Yeah, um there are many things. Uh with with the you know with, with the logic calculations we 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 actually something we're really excited about is like can we do everything uh all the genetic design and then all the genetic engineering can it be done in a cloud lab? So basically, what we have is this vision where you don't even need a pipette. You don't need to have a lab to be able to design these genetic circuits that we did. You know, we spent years working on it. <laughs> so what you want to do is, like, okay, I want the cells to be able to perform this logic and produce these types of output, you know, out genes that it, it can do. So that... The idea is that we will have a computer program that will that you can you know interact with and say okay these are the things that we want to do and then the computer program will design the genetics for you and then will actually interact directly with a cloud-based uh, molecular biology biology lab that will do all the genetic engineering for you. So this is the things that we're we're very excited about. Uh, so that it takes away the the researchers' time from being actually from the in in the lab and doing all the busy uh, work and more focus on the genetic circuit design itself. And then hopefully one of these days we can actually even test the circuit. So it will be like complete design, build, test cycle where you can de- you can do all these genetic engineering work without and then even test the genetics in mammalian cells without owning a lab. You don't wow. need a million yeah. dollar lab. You know, you can just kind of outsource everything. You can just need a computer, and you can program cells. <laughs> this is a dream for like for the whole the, this field we call in synthetic biology. Right? This this is a dream. I think we're getting close. We're getting close to it. You can do it yourself. Uh, I mean, I mean that's the nice thing about it. It's like you know, it's like you can do it. You can test them. At, at the same time, it's also contained within a you know. A uh, you know a, a secure facility, right? So you're not really doing it at home. You know you don't have the cells at your home. You don't have the DNA at your home, but you can still design and test and you know and have the genetics made at a secure lab, and then you get your data back. But you know you don't need you don't have a lab. You don't need a lab. You don't have to worry about contamination issues, releasing into the wild, you know, releasing to accidentally whatever all these biosafety right. issues as well. So uh, I think it will be a lot of fun. We can ever get to that point. So this is the the genetic programming concept that that we are uh, working on. It's actually part of this grant called uh, Living Com- Computing Project. Uh, it's funded by National Science Foundation. Uh, it's a center grant. It's an expedition grant that we're very excited about. We, uh, we, we're trying to to basically realize that vision uh, using uh, through the center effort. So oh, that's okay. one part of my my research. That, and then another part is uh, it's on immunotherapy. It's cancer immunotherapy or engineering T cell. We're trying to figure out how to have the T cells be how to control the T cell. You know, if I wanted to be on, okay, now kill the cancer cells. 
you know, I can tell them like, through probably the addition of drugs or, or some other ways to interact with these cells in the patient, you know, I want it to be off, I can do that. I want it to be stronger, weaker, and go to different places. Basically have con- complete control over the these engineered immune cells. That's, that's kind of like my long-term vision um, for what I want to do with, with these immune cells so that it will be safer. Hopefully, it will be more more effective as well. The okay. short term, in the next year or so, is you can imagine I'm, what I'm trying to do is installing switches into different parts of the cell. So um, I don't know what's the best way to, to think about it. It's like kind of like you have a car, and then I'm going to install a, a, a light switch or, or, or a switch to turn on every part of the like you know turn you know open the open and close the windows open and close the 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 windshield wiper or turning on and off the windshield wipers and all these things I'm just normally they are not controllable by you right you, exactly you know it's not really meant to be controlled by 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 people but I'm trying to install all these switches in all these little different parts of the immune cell so that I have control over them so this is what I'm okay, trying to do. Are you doing this in animals, or is it uh, in humans now, or where is it? Uh, where is it, it happening? It's an animal right now. We, yeah, we we not we don't have we were not performing clinical trials yet. Uh, well, I I, I cannot <laughs> myself. So it's gonna if it ever goes into people, it's gonna be through a collaboration. But right now we are in in we call it preclinical stage, uh, doing the animal mm-hmm. work. Okay. Anything. Um, going wrong or does it seem to be working really well and you know no problems an animal looks good <laughs> things look okay the tumor the cancer therapy work uh looks okay looks 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 very promising in animals but you never know especially with, you know, with immunotherapy uh with mice uh it's hard to predict it's actually pretty hard to predict its its function in human um mm. because the, the the mouse immune system is quite different than than the human immune system. Um, right. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm just gonna have to be honest. You know, you you don't know. Even though it works great and can't, I mean, it works fine in in mouse models. But um, yeah, it, we we know <laughs> it fails <laughs> quite often in animal models. I mean, it failed to translate from animal models to human. Uh, I wouldn't. I can't really say how how, how well it'll work in people. Right, no one knows what'll happen. Yeah. No. It's... Okay. Well, very good. I, I guess last question is: What would be um, an amazing result in the next year that you'd like to see? And what are you know again? What are um, some other goals you have for the project? Yeah, for for the for the computing project, uh, you know, with, with our work, I I really want to see being able to to. Uh, to design everything on a computer and then have a, a, a cloud-based laboratory build everything for me, test it out, and give me data. That's like my, I, I think it's, it's possible within a year or two uh, where I can just type in, I want to build this fancy circuit. And then I press enter and then maybe have some specifications. And then it'll just go on its own. <laughs> and, you know, and then maybe a week later, I'll get an email saying, you know, my data is ready or, you know, a text or whatever. And then I can go download the data, look at it and scrutinize it. And, you know, it will be in the proper unit at the right, right, you know, tell me whether it works or not and things like that. That's, that's something I'm really excited about. I think it, hopefully it will, I'll get to that close to it within a year or two. 
Uh, so I guess last question for people that are interested in your research and want to, uh, you know, to get involved and, you know, talk to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Oh, through my email, through my email at W-I-L-W-O-N-G at B-U dot E-D-U. That's the best way. Uh, you can follow my website, you know, whenever I publish something, uh, you know, I'll put them up on my website as well. Okay. Well, Wilson, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.